win or lose, are we feeling the love this morning? Well, now that we've had time to sleep on it, let's talk about it. It's time for Monday Morning Quarterback, Tuesday edition on WTMJ Now. That's the power of love. Yes, it is Brian Noonan in for Steve Scafidi. Today, Steve is relaxing, enjoying his boxing day, but we must go over what happened uh, with the Packers in Carolina the other day. And uh, Brandon Snyder also taking the day off, but a voice that is familiar to many, well, especially if you just listen to Wisconsin Morning News, if you listen to uh, me on WTMJ Nights, this man is one of my crack producers. He has a sports voice here on WTMJ. Matt Sossler is here. Matt, Merry Christmas. Good to talk to you in the daytime. This is very unusual. I know we're both probably a little uncomfortable with it, but we'll try to uh, we'll try to muscle through. Was, yeah, we're about 12 hours ahead of schedule, but no better time yeah. to talk football. All right, so the, let's let's get this out of the way. The Packers, to keep their playoff hopes alive, last week we said they had to win out the last three games. They won on Sunday, so that's good, right? We gotta we gotta take the good and put that forefront. All right, but let's start even before the game began. Uh, Jair Alexander, cornerback, comes back after missing five games with a shoulder injury, or six games rather, all of a sudden he comes out to do the coin toss and things got a little dicey. Can you explain, because the rule for the coin flip is very complicated for whatever reason, but uh, things things could have taken a weird turn right away. First of all, why was Jair Alexander out there in the first place? He's not one of the captains. It was odd to begin with, that whole situation, and I'm going to explain it step by step. Because this is something that should have never happened. Football coin tosses are like court proceedings. Everything has to be said in a very specific way and in a very specific order. If you deviate in any way, shape, or form, you're not going to get the result you wanted. Sunday was an exception for the Packers. I'll get to that in just a minute. But I want to start off with the question of why was Jair Alexander at the midfield logo during the coin toss? The captains for the game, Eric Wilson, Quay Walker, Aaron Jones. So technically, it should be either all three of those guys or one of those three at midfield for the flip. Jair Alexander's from Charlotte, where the game was played, and so he headed off for the coin toss. I'm not sure if he discussed it with anybody or if anything else happened, but nonetheless, he's out for the coin toss. Right. And when he's there, he did not use the words defer. Because when you call the toss, which he won the toss, we got to give credit where credit is due. Right. He did not say, we want to defer. He said, we want to play defense. When you say we want to play defense, because teams have a choice of three things when they win the coin toss. You can either receive, you can defer, or you can kick off. When you kick off, you're kicking off both the first and the second half. Oh, okay. When you receive, same thing. You receive, and then the other team gets the ball to start half number two. When you defer, you're passing it on to the other team, and the other team has a choice. They can either say, we want to kick, which means they would kick both halves, or they can say they want the ball, in which case we're back to what we see almost every single week, where one team receives to start half number one, the other team gets the ball to start half number two, 
And the reason why this whole snafu was avoided was because prior to the coin toss, and the officials do this before every single game, they'll go to the head coach and they'll preface, they'll say, if you win the coin toss, what do you want to do? To avoid this type of confusion. And so Matt LaFleur told the referee, we're going to defer if we win the toss. And so that was why there was a little bit of a dust-up and then ultimately all confusion was cleared away. But if you're in the NFL, you have to know these procedurals because if you make a mistake, it could cost you in a game. And based on how close this one was, it could have been detrimental to the Packers. So even though the officials check in with the head coach before the coin toss, if the players on the field use the wrong terminology, that overrides what the coach has already told them? Correct, because it's just like court proceedings where you have to be exact because the one thing the officials don't know and the officials can't do this, if a referee goes up to a head coach and says, what do you want, and then all of a sudden something changes and the coach then sends the decision in with the captain, it's ultimately what the captain decides goes. All right. Well, all right. So we they got through <clears throat> they got through that. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and then we'll get into the game and um, the same topic that vexed the Packers last week and let's be honest, all season reared its head again. Uh, we'll talk about that. We're recapping Packers Panthers and it is Monday morning quarterback. On Tuesday, uh, I'm not Steve Scafidi. I'm Brian Noonan. He's not Brandon Snide. He's Matt Sossler. It's all crazy, but we'll figure it out on WTMJ. But Love did his part. Took over at the four-minute mark, used the clock, set his team up for the field goal to put him ahead. Thirty-two yards. Listen, a win is a win. We're going to keep saying that until that's it. Uh, But the Packers did what they needed to do. They need to win out. They're one game behind uh, the Seahawks and the Rams in the NFC wild card. So at 7 and 8, they need to to continue this. Uh, Matt Sossler is here. I'm Brian Noonan, by the way, in case you're going, what? Where? Where's Steve? Steve's off today. It's the day after Christmas. Steve's off. He's relaxing. He'll be back tomorrow. Relax. It's okay. Uh, Brandon's off, too. Matt is here. Matt and I talk sports at night as well, so it's good to have Matt on with me during the day. All right, let's start with the good stuff, Matt, because, well, one was the win. Two, Jordan Love continues to improve. He threw for two touchdowns. He ran for a touchdown. Two big completions uh, toward the end of the game with 19 seconds left. Jordan Love and the offense seem to continue to grow every week. Um, you agree, disagree? What do you think of the offense? First half looked good. The second half, those first couple of drives were problematic, gaining less than 10 yards. But the thing with Jordan Love is you're looking for improvement. You're looking to see that he's comfortable Because it's not just Jordan Love who's in the younger stages of his NFL career. He has the youngest receiving core. Nonetheless, he didn't have Jaden Reed. He didn't have Christian Watson against Carolina. And the stat line that he put up, get the numbers in just a second, you can expect big things out of number 10. Even if it doesn't happen for him this year, down the line, this is very encouraging. 
Well, a lot of uh, a lot of things that I read were saying, "Hey, this was a this was a Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers kind of performance from Jordan Love," and that's a lot of pressure to put on a guy who's basically in his first year. I know he's been on the team for several years, but this is his first year as a starter. We keep uh, harping on the young receiving core, and a couple of those guys were out, but um, you know he was able to, he was able to find the guys he needed to find and get the job done. So I, I think he is he is looking much more comfortable over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, seventeen of twenty eight, two hundred nineteen yards, two touchdowns through the air, one on the ground. You can't ask for much more out of your starting quarterback. And we'll go through the drive detail to show how slanted this game was from half number one to half number two. Looking at Green Bay and their offensive drives. Touchdown, right. touchdown, field goal, touchdown. First, one, two, three, four drives. Halftime happens. Punt, touchdown, punt, punt. On the three punts, the largest net yards on those drives was five. It shows that this offense took a massive step back in the second half. And you can play it off as the lack of complimentary football because both sides of the ball for Green Bay played much better in the first half than they did in the second half. So you'd like to see them come out of the locker room with a little more fire, but it just seems that they took their foot off the gas a tad and it allowed, even though they're going to wind up with the worst record in the NFL, you still allowed an NFL team to hang around and we saw what almost happened. Yeah, it's, this is, this, um, Almost the opposite of what you're saying of what we were all talking about at the beginning of the season, where the Packers couldn't get anything done in the first half, and then the second half is where their offense came to life. So we flipped the script a little bit. Um, you know, we also this week had uh, Aaron Jones. You know, last week, Aaron Jones came back and he was very, very limited after the first couple drives. This year, he. Um, he has more than 100 yards rushing, which was good, 127 yards uh, on 21 carries. But um, wh- I wonder what the change is. Was there any word from Lafleur to say, all right, last week we kind of limited him. Uh, he was on what they called last week a pitch count. This week, no, we're going to let him. We're going to let him go. Based on what I saw, and we haven't heard anything yet post game regarding. Aaron Jones, just because Christmas Day yesterday, we sure. heard the postgame pressers following the win on Sunday, but we haven't had a midweek media availability yet to get the inside track. But looking at Aaron Jones, 21 attempts for 127 yards. Only his second game this season that he's eclipsed the century mark in terms of total yards, the first being against Chicago before he got hurt yeah. in the midpoint of that game. This is the first time also that he's had over 100 yards on the ground. Get this, since New Year's Day of 2023, so almost a calendar year since that's happened. I know he's been hurt. I know he's missed time. But the other thing is that the vast majority of those 127 yards from the Carolina game happened within the first couple of drives, and then he fell off the map. I know he's coming back, but I'm curious to see what the thought process was Because you look at the Chicago game, you look at the Carolina game, both times where he clips triple digits, he was the thoroughbred of that offense, and then he just became a non-factor just like that. Yeah, it's very strange. All right, let's take a quick break. And then 
Uh, we have to turn to the defense because the same the same story repeated itself again in Carolina. Uh, Matt Sossler is here. We are talking Monday morning quarterback on a Tuesday because it's the holiday week, and that's what you do on WTMJ. Third and four, extra pressure picked up. Oh, out there for Dobbs, and he's got it. It is Monday morning quarterback on Tuesday. Brian Noonan in for Steve Scafidi. Matt Sossler in for Brandon Snide. All right, Matt. Um, another week where the Packers defense makes a middling quarterback at best look like they are headed for the Hall of Fame. This week it was Bryce Young. They allowed uh, 312 passing yards from him. Um, that was his previous high was 247. They gave up 162 yards on the final three drives that Carolina had. Two of those ended up in touchdowns. We know Joe Barry's not going anywhere before the end of the season. This week, he went from, oh, it was all zone before, now it was zone and man, and the Packers were getting beat in both of those. What's going on with the defense? Trying to figure things out and having unsuccessful results. I'm going to harp on that stat you mentioned this is from uh, ESPN and the Next Gen Stats, tweeted by Rob Domofsky. Joe Barry blitzed on a season-high 44% of dropbacks. Bryce Young was 3 of 10 versus it in the first three quarters and 4 of 6 with two touchdowns in the fourth. And then went man coverage on a season-high 64% of dropbacks. Young was 8 of 15 for 98 yards versus man in the first three quarters, 7 of 9, 90 yards, two touchdowns in the fourth. The thing that I've noticed is that, and this happens with not just Joe Barry, it happens with a lot of football coaches, is they're so set in their ways and rigid with their system, and then when they get pushed to the wall and they have to make a change, and they make this drastic of a change, yeah, the players are going to struggle, because they've been doing the same thing over and over again, and then you're like, okay, now do this. <laughs> I understand you're playing one of the worst teams in the NFL, I understand you got a rookie quarterback who has played with a gajillion offensive line combinations, only one sustainable receiver in Adam Thielen, but you have to stick to your identity here and try and get what you've done to improve. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> it, it's not working. Looking at the numbers, at all. more on the Carolina end of things, the Panthers... This season, average around the 300-yard mark. 394 yards conceded by the Packer defense against Carolina. And looking at Carolina's offensive history, the next highest margin was 303 against the New Orleans Saints. They did put up 342 against the Detroit Lions back on October the 8th. I'm going to put an asterisk on that just because... The two teams, Carolina and Detroit, played in the preseason, so you get a little taste of the medicine there. But also, this is a Carolina offense that has struggled mightily. I understand it's the NFL and any given Sunday, but when I'm throwing a Vince Lombardi quote into this game (laughs) that the Carolina Panthers didn't lose this, they ran out of time, Yeah, there's a lot of cause for concern. And I know you mentioned it at the top of the segment, a win's a win's a win. Check it, flush it, move on. Right. But but you got the it, Vikings coming up next Sunday. Yeah. Uh, the Bears, who have found ways to win lately, 
So that might not be the same game that you saw at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, it's it. They got to win the next two. What do you think? Where? Let's start. Well, let's start with this week. This you know, week, you got a day off for Christmas. They're at the, they're at the Vikings on uh, Sunday night football under the lights. What do you think is going to happen up there? Well, it's going to be a New Year's Rock and Eve in Minnesota, to say the <laughs> least. But the thing with Minnesota is Nick Mullins had the worst game of his Vikings tenure, maybe the worst of his career against Detroit, who, by the way, won the NFC North, their first division title in 30 years, back when it was the NFC Central in 1993. Right. So that route to postseason success is gone for the Packers. It was never going to be anything, but just to clear the air, they cannot win the division anymore. Congratulations oh, no. yeah. to the Lions. Back to Nick Mullins. Multiple turnovers. He was just making ill-advised decisions with the football, and the Lions had a lot of p- interceptions that you normally would not see. The Packers cannot make Nick Mullins the NFC Offensive Player of the Week come next Monday. But they've been giving that gift to a lot of exactly, quarterbacks. Exactly, and they, they just can't do it. Justin Jefferson is back. He made a couple of good grabs. And essentially, there's a lot of math and things we have to figure out in terms of playoff picture. But for all intents and purposes, the winner lives to fight another week. The loser is done. Right. And so this is a must-win game, making the obvious statement. But you got to think that this defense has got to tighten up. The offense, it's simple. Take care of the football and keep your foot on the gas because this is also a Vikings team that is wounded. They're fighting for their lives. They haven't been playing their best football over the past few weeks. And so I think this is a very winnable game for Green Bay because the last thing you want is to, or I shouldn't say that, I should say the first thing you want, you hope the Bears win this week as well because then you have a Week 18 matchup in Lambeau with potential chaos, depending on how the rest of the NFL shakes out, where it could be winner moves on to the playoffs between the Bears and the Packers. Who would have thought that would have happened come week one? Nobody. Who would have thought it would have happened you know, a month ago? This goes to show Not you how me. crazy the NFL is. It is nuts. Well, Matt, listen, it has been a pleasure uh, talking to you today. I'm glad we got to, you know, a um, lot of things have to happen for us to both be on in the middle of the day. So this is very exciting. And uh, have a great rest of your day. Get some sleep, because I know getting up uh, early in the morning is not uh, usually your thing. Matt Sossler, you can hear him uh, with me at night. You can hear him filling in, uh, doing sports all over. He does, uh, what's what's next? You got some Bucks stuff coming up. What are you going to be doing? We got the Bucks tomorrow, Bucks Friday, and then uh, trying to think. It's uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's, which causes everything to shift. That's right. We're, we're all here. You never know. You can't tell the players without a scorecard. Matt, have a great rest of the day. I will talk to you. I'll talk to you Thursday night. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good one. All right. Uh, that's Matt Sossler. This was Monday Morning Quarterback on a Tuesday. Brian Noonan in for Steve on WTMJ.